0: It's so good to be back with you this morning. Norm and I missed being in your presence and missed your smiling faces last Lord's Day. We were in Bullard, Texas. Uh, uh, Quite a proud day for us as we watched them uh, install Matt there as a deacon in the Bullard Church of Christ and heard some of the good things the elders there had to say about him. And so we... We appreciate the opportunity to be away last Lord's Day, and we look forward to being back with you this morning. That said, I read an interesting little story not long ago. Oftentimes, you and I fail to realize just how important the little things in life are. It seems that this elderly woman always went to the branch post office, Close to her house in the town where she lived. Her reason for going there was quite simple. She said the employees there are so friendly. One year she went to the branch post office right before Christmas to buy some stamps. Well, you can imagine what it was like. People were there mailing packages. People were there picking up packages. And there were, (coughs) pardon me, there were long lines there. And someone pointed out to her, they said, Ma'am, you could save yourself the long line by buying your stamps from the machine that's out in the lobby of the post office. She said, Yes, I know. But the machine won't ask me about my arthritis. Sometimes people just need a kind word. Sometimes people just need a kind act performed. Good luck with that in this world we're living in today. Look around you and tell me what you say. Partisan politics, wars, anxiety, ruined relationships, airwaves and social media filled with all kinds of venom and vile and hate-filled things. This world you and I live in today, right here, right now, is in desperate need of kindness. When Paul wrote that beautiful 13th chapter of the 1st Corinthian letter, that chapter we refer to as the love chapter, he told us that love suffers long. And what else? Is kind. In the Galatian letter, Paul tells us in chapter 5 that the fruit of the Spirit is love. And as one of the attributes of that fruit of the Spirit, he tells us kindness. He was writing to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. And he says to those brethren in the church there at Ephesus, Be you kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Kindness is more than just being an attribute of love. Kindness makes us more like God. If we really want to be like God, and if we really want to have a Christ-like spirit, Folks, we're going to develop a heart of kindness. Now, kindness is something that seems pretty ordinary. But when you stop and think about it, kindness is both remarkable and it is inspiring. Exhibiting kindness can literally change the lives of those we come in contact with. To be sure, kindness may be one of the most underrated attributes that you and I can have in our lives. How many times in your own life have you felt discouraged? Felt like the walls were closing in on you, the roof was falling on top of you, and the floor fell out from under you. Everything's against you. And you were met by someone who was willing to show kindness to you. I wonder how many lives have been changed by that. How many lives have been changed by someone showing kindness? It's been said that more people have been brought into the church by the kindness of real Christian love than all the theological arguments in the world. Have you ever wondered about children? How two children can grow up in the same house, the same set of parents, raised with the same level of love, and those children come out and be so different. It's like a story I read about a man that had a dog. And that dog was a loyal, faithful member of the household. That dog had been a part of that home for 13 years. But as often happens, that beloved pet's health had deteriorated. And the pet's health had deteriorated to the point that the only kind thing to do would be to put that dog to sleep. Now, those of us who've had animals that we loved and loved dearly can only imagine the way that that family Agonized over having to do that. It was something that the man and the wife and the children talked about, and they made the decision, and then they postponed it. And it, this had happened repeatedly. Well, the day came that all the family members except Dad were out of town, so Dad decided that it was time, and he would spare everyone else the agony and. Dad took the dog to the vet. He drove to the vet's office. The dog crawled up on the seat and put her head in his lap. And that just made it that much harder when it came time to carry that dog into the office. But he took her in. The vet gave her an injection. She went to sleep. And he went back out to the parking lot. And he just sat there in the car for a long time, alone with his thoughts, with tears coming down the sides of his face, before he went back to work. It happened that this man and his brother worked together. He walked into the office late that morning. Brother said, where have you been? He said, well, let me tell you. And he told him all about the morning's activities the brother looked at him and said, You mean to tell me that you paid a vet to put that dog to sleep? You could have just brought that dog to me. I'd have knocked her over the head and taken care of it. Wouldn't have been a problem. Two brothers. The same parents. Similar upbringing. Here's the difference. One understands the concept of gentleness... And kindness. One is tender hearted. While the other is callous. And insensitive. In spirit. Kindness. Encourages. And encompasses. Being gentle. Tender hearted. And merciful. Are you listening? If you and I want to be like Jesus Christ. Christ. We will be kind. Hard hearted, unkind, judgmental Christians do a great deal of damage. And sometimes we just don't listen to people very well. We're too quick to judge, we're too quick to criticize, and we're too quick to speak. And we're short on tears, and we're short on sympathy, and we're short on patience. And to be sure, oftentimes, we view people who are tender-hearted as being emotional weaklings. But if we'll be honest with ourselves, and if we'll be honest before God deep down inside, we know that's not right. There are times when we're too cold. There are times when we're too callous. And there are times that we just really don't like ourselves. On the other side of the coin, there are those that often weep copiously and they weep easily. But oftentimes those who weep easily and those who weep copiously, their tears are without any real meaning or value. There's no driving power in those tears. They only bring an added weakness. You see, there are some folks that, are very, that feel very pious and gentle because they have a capacity for weeping. How often do we look at other people as a custom-designed creation of Almighty God. Back in the early morning of time, God said, Let us make man in our own image. In the image of God created He them. Male and female created He them. Every man and woman on the top side of God's green earth today is a custom-designed creation of the God of heaven. Someone who has the image of God stamped on them. They are the object of God's greatest affection. Someone God loved enough that He sent His only begotten Son to die for them. Someone Jesus Christ loved enough that He went to the cross and shed His blood for them. Being kind to others is to feel toward our friends and our enemies the way Jesus felt toward His. It's to have the attitude of Jesus toward the sinful and the suffering. It's to feel the way Jesus felt toward those that were the outcast. It's to feel the way Jesus felt for those who had sometimes gone hopelessly wrong in their lives. When we have kindness in our hearts... Kindness will show itself in our judgment of other people. We're going to look for the best in others instead of looking for the worst. We're going to look for extenuating circumstances behind their behavior rather than looking for things that incriminate and prove guilt and condemn Kindness will make us be slow to condemn others and quick to commend others. And we'll do it not simply from a sense of duty. Kindness is more than our duty. It is the spontaneous expression of a loving heart. And if we're kind, We'll think and say the best possible thing we can say about a brother or a sister, about an erring brother or an erring sister. When we're kind, we're going to give and we're going to serve. You remember a story that Jesus tells that Dr. Luke records for us in Luke chapter 10? It's about a man that was on his way from Jerusalem to Jericho. And that was a road that was filled with mountains and caves. And it was a very treacherous road because the caves and the hills along that road were filled with robbers and thieves and, as they called them in that day, highwaymen, a bunch of thugs. And a man was making his way from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among some of those thieves and robbers. And they stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and they robbed him, and they left him over in the ditch for dead. And the story goes that by and by some of the good church people came along. A priest and a Levite. Little Johnny was in Sunday school and Johnny said, well, he was telling the story. He said, well, this man was beaten, robbed, and left for dead. And by and by two preachers came along and they saw the man was already robbed, so they passed by on the other side. That's not exactly the way the story goes. But the church people came along, the priest and the Levite. They didn't want to get involved. They saw it, so they just walked over on the other side of the road and just kept on going. But this man that was a Samaritan, a member of a mongrel race, a people despised, he saw the man over there in the ditch and he took pity on him. And he poured in oil and wine. We've questioned that today, but if you look back, that was first aid in the first century. And when that Samaritan poured in the oil and the wine, he put the man in the back of his SUV and he drove to the local Hilton and paid for him a room. Okay, he put him on his donkey and took him to the inn, but it's the same thing. And he paid for his lodging there and he paid for his care there. And he said, if it takes more, I'll pay you more when I come back. Do you remember the name of the Samaritan? No. Because the Bible doesn't tell us his name. All we know about him is he was the good Samaritan. But the world has remembered that nameless Samaritan for 20 centuries. And he'll be remembered until the end of time, and not because he was rich, and not because he was a great poet or a great painter or not because he was a genius or a great physician. That nameless Samaritan has been remembered for 2,000 years because of one thing. His kindness. Because he showed compassion. And because he showed mercy. And he would not withhold his services from someone who was in need. That priest and that Levite, they share the immortality of shame. They didn't help in the robbery. They didn't steal what few clothes the man had left. They didn't inflict any additional wounds on the man other than those the robbers had left the half dead man with. All they did was pass by and not do anything. And doing that, they showed themselves to be void. Of kindness. If the local constabulary in that far off day had set out to arrest those responsible for the crime, they would have confined their search to the mountains and the hideouts and the hills along the highway. They would not have thought of disturbing the complacent priest or the self satisfied Levite. But if you read the story in Luke chapter 10, if you hadn't read it in a while, go home and read it this afternoon. If you read the story in Luke chapter 10, Jesus Christ puts the priest and the Levite in the same category as the robbers. Because they were all alike because they were lacking in kindness. And along with that lack of kindness was a lack of mercy. Those who are kind do not confine their ministry to the giving of material substance. There are times when our fellow man needs that kind of help and needs it desperately. And when the need arises, we have a duty to meet that need. But while there are those in our world today in need of physical bread, there are far more that are in need of the bread of life. Jesus Christ. When we're kind, we will give others the bread of life. And those who are kind are also forgiving. They just simply refuse to nurse a grudge. I've known people over the years that could give you book, chapter, and verse For why baptism is essential for the remission of sins. Why baptism is by immersion. Why we sing and do not play the instrument. They could give you book, chapter, and verse why we take the Lord's Supper every first day of the week. And they were extremely knowledgeable about things doctrinal. And some of those same people could sit on a church pew and sing louder than anybody in the building, Oh, how I love Jesus. And for 20 years hadn't spoken to somebody on the other side of the building because they were holding a grudge against them for something they didn't even remember what it was. When we're kind, we'll be forgiving, we'll refuse to nurse a grudge. And those possessed of kindness consider hatred in their heart as something that's deadly and something that's damning to their souls. Those that are kind love their enemies. They bless those that curse them. It's not easy. Nobody said it'd be easy. Those that are kind pray for those that despitefully use them and persecute them. Doing that, they show themselves big with something of the bigness of Jesus Christ. But you know something? We need to remember our own need of kindness. What does Paul say in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1? Brethren, if a brother or sister be overtaken in a fault, Restore such a one in a spirit of kindness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. If we consider ourselves seriously, we're likely to realize that the faults we most sharply condemn in others sometimes are some of the same things we're most guilty of. If you and I are acquainted with our own sinful hearts in any way, we can't help but realize it's it's only because of God's grace. And it's only because of God's love. And it's only because of God's mercy that we are any better than the chief of sinners. Now, I don't know about you, but since I personally have so much that God needs to forgive me of, I need to be ready to forgive. And without being judgmental, I suspect most everyone in here is in that same boat. Maybe we need to consider not only how imperfect we are, but sometimes how imperfectly we know those that we're so ready to condemn. If we knew all the circumstances, we might find it easier to forgive. But in the deepest sense of the Word and the deepest sense of its meaning, we cannot be kind without the help of Jesus. When we come to know Jesus Christ, and when we come to share the nature of Jesus Christ, when Jesus walks with us, then we're going to share His kindness and His willingness to forgive because, you see, true kindness is a gift. And apart from Jesus... We can never attain kindness. But Jesus Christ makes it possible for the most callous and self-centered to be kind. We need to be aware of what kindness can do for other people. Exhibiting kindness can often have a dramatic effect on others' lives. Now, sometimes we want to do things for people that can repay us in kind. You know, like we'll be really nice to the boss so we can get a promotion. Or we'll buy a world's finest chocolate bar or two from the neighbor's kid to help support the band. So the neighbor will buy a tin of popcorn from us to support the football team. Nobody in here would ever do that, would they? No. Or we'll babysit for somebody so they'll babysit for us. Here's what Jesus said in Luke chapter 14 and verse 14. But when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed. At the resurrection of the just. Now, in the classic King James English of 1611, that makes us scratch our heads and do a lot of thinking. Now, what exactly does Jesus say? Well, here's that same passage in Philip's translation. Jesus said, when you give a luncheon or a dinner party, don't invite your friends or your brothers or relations or wealthy neighbors. For the chances are they'll invite you back and you'll be fully repaid. No, when you give a party, invite the poor, the lame, the crippled, and the blind. That way lies the real happiness for you, that they have no means of repaying you, but you will be be repaid when good men are rewarded. When's that, Lord? At the resurrection. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty decent payday to me. Sometimes in order to be kind, we've got to be willing to be inconvenienced just a little bit. Remember that story about the good Samaritan? How many times do we not show kindness because we just don't want to go to the trouble to do it? That Samaritan went out of his way to help someone that was in need. We've got to be willing to allow ourselves to be inconvenienced sometimes just a tad. If we're going to show kindness and gentleness to other people. We have to remember that other people have been kind to us. Remember the story of David and Mephibosheth in 2 Samuel? David and Jonathan. Jonathan was Saul's son. David and Jonathan were the best of friends. Saul was trying to kill David. And during all that time, Jonathan protected David. Jonathan showed him kindness, even though he knew it would mean that showing kindness to David means he's never going to sit on the throne. Saul and Jonathan were killed in battle. And David ascended to the throne and became king. And it was at that point that David begins to look for someone in Jonathan's family. Most of the time that was done so that they could make sure that all of the other dynasty's family was dead and there was no one else to claim the throne. But that wasn't David's motive. In 2 Samuel chapter 9, David wants to show kindness to Jonathan's survivors because of the kindness Jonathan had shown to him. And he was able to do that through Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. The young boy had been crippled by an accidental fall when he was escaping his nurse dropped him as they escaped from the palace when Jonathan and Saul were killed. Remembering the kindness that Jonathan had shown to him, David took care of Mephibosheth. Kindness and gentleness can change lives. You never know what kindness on your part could do to change someone else's life. God wants His people. Me and you. Us. God wants us to be kind. And when we allow the Spirit of God to grow in our lives, we're going to be kind to those around us. What's the need of your life this morning? Do you need to make that first step in developing the heart of Jesus? Do you need to make that first step coming in simple trusting faith, repenting of everything that's sin in your life and confessing the name of Christ and being buried in the waters of baptism for the remission of sins to belong to Jesus Christ? Is that what you need to do? Then this would be a good time to do it. Or maybe you've done that, but Kindness hasn't been a big part of your life. And you need to have brothers and sisters pray with you and for you to be kinder. Or maybe there's some other need that you have. If there are needs in your life that we can help you with, needs in your life that you need to make known to us for us to help you with, the words of the song, bring Christ your broken life. This is your opportunity to do that as together we stand and while we sing.